Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. We have a wonderful broadcast. I want to begin today's broadcast in the book of Luke, chapter 1, beginning in verse 67. And this is going to set the pace for where we're going today. Luke, chapter 1, verse 67, was an amazing prophecy that was given by Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And we read these words. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Now listen to this prophetic utterance. This is by the Holy Spirit. Zacharias is not prophesying out of his own energy or emotion. He's prophesying when the Holy Ghost came on him, he prophesied. And that's what we are seen here. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Ghost used to come upon people very strong so that they can do or say what God wanted them to do or say. And so here he is prophesying about a king that is coming. Uh, he's talking about how the Lord God of Israel has visited and redeemed his people 
and has raised up a horn of salvation. Now, that horn of salvation was Jesus Christ, no doubt about it, for, for us in the house of his servant David. So this is to Israel first, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. So the holy prophets of God have been prophesying about this horn of salvation from the beginning of time. And then he said, which have been since the world began, the prophets, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. I want to say right now that the natural blessing and the prophetic utterance that came out of Zechariah's mouth concerning Israel being delivered out of the hand of their enemy, they may have been thinking right there, that's it, we're going to be delivered from the Roman Empire. Well, there was a greater salvation coming to these people. And it wasn't just the removal of the Roman occupation, because you could have removed the Roman occupation all day long, but the people of Israel were still under judgment. They were still condemned. They had broken the law of Moses. They were very sick, busted, disgusted. You know how it is. Jesus spent two-thirds of his ministry healing the people of God. So I want you to see that Zacharias, by the Holy Spirit, is prophesying that this horn of salvation does what? absolutely saves us from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, that's very real, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers. So the uh, administration of this horn of salvation would be to save and to perform the mercy upon the seed, upon Israel, and to deliver them and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. All right, so there's a lot going on here by the Holy Spirit. There was a covenant made between Yahweh God and Abraham, and the promise was of a mercy upon your seed forever. It was a covenant more of grace than it ever was the covenant of the law. We know that I think it was 400 years after, or 430 years after, God had made a covenant with Abraham. That's when Moses came 430 years later and the law was given. But we know according to scripture that the law was only given temporarily, but that original covenant that God made with Abraham upon his seed was reactivated when Messiah Yeshua came. And we know that we have a better covenant than the Mosaic law uh, with better promises. We're under a new covenant. It is the Abrahamic promises along with the Yeshua HaMashiach the Messiah Jesus promises as well. So we have a double portion covenant that we belong to, and it's not just to the natural seed, it is to all the seed. And there's only one seed, and that seed is Christ, and all who are in Christ are the children of Abraham by faith, according to Galatians chapter 3. This is important for a reason, because the Holy Spirit is uttering words out of the mouth of Zechariah, and he goes on to say, Which, by the way, right now, if you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, you need to enter into this and let this enter into you fully. Because you are in a covenant. You belong to a covenant of grace, a superior covenant than the law of Moses could ever have been. And this is not against the Jewish people. The law of Moses was a temporary fix until the Messiah or the seed should come. And the intended purpose of Yahweh was to bring Israel beyond the Mosaic law, into the covenant of grace, because Messiah was the one that would take away the sin of the world, 
he would do away, he would fulfill the law perfectly, and we know all of that, right? But this belongs to you. Listen, not only are you to be saved out of the hand of your enemies, but the Bible here also says that he would grant unto us, he's granting, this is a grant deed unto us, to the Jew first and the Gentile. There's only one new man in the earth made up of the Jew and the Gentile, one body of Christ, so that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Now, this is important because who are our enemies? Joe Biden, the leftists, the progressives, China, Russia. Man, that's not an issue for us. Right now, our enemies are the satanic, demonic spirits, the evil, wicked, unclean devils that make, are making war with the church. And they are being empowered by the world's altar of sacrifice that is energizing these demonic spirits along with the Luciferian priesthood. Listen, Satan has given power to men on earth as long as they serve him. He tried to give that power to Jesus. Jesus rejected that. He knew he had a greater kingdom. But the devil, as long as man allows the devil to continue to do what he's doing, right, not exercising the judgment that we've been given against him, well, the devil just gives power to men. He gives them wealth. He gives them everything they could ever desire. And so there is a priesthood of Satan on the earth, and it operates in probably echelons we've never even heard of before. I know we have a lot of information out there, but there's a protected source of uh, power, the powers of darkness, that I don't think we've ever even tapped the surface to the reality of that. However, in the days of Jesus, when he was walking as that horn of salvation through the midst of Israel, what was he doing? He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. He was casting out devils. He was opening the eyes of the blind, opening the ears of the deaf, loosing the tongue of the mute. He was healing leprosy. He was walking on water. He was commanding the wind of the seas. He was walking delivering, healing, setting free mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, Israel. That was his job. That's why he was there in the first place. Now, we know by our faith that he who believes the works that I do, even so shall he do, and even greater works shall he do. So we live in a generation where the promises of God are still true. We're battling against the religious spirit of cessationism that says that the Holy Spirit doesn't do this anymore. And then we try to measure that statement by saying, well, look, nobody's getting healed. Well, you never look at through that lens. The only lens we look through is the lens of Scripture, and we know that Jesus Christ still heals today. That horn of salvation is still walking through the earth, of listening to anybody that would call upon his name and doing what he's always done. He may work through an individual. He may work through whatever mechanism he chooses. The church is his greatest or should be the greatest mechanism of his anointing and flowing through and out of the church to the nations of the earth, to the, to the, to the body of Christ first, according to Galatians 6. We should be seeing all this power going on. Now, I want you to remember, he goes on to say, that not only that he would grant us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him 
all the days of our life. Wow. All the days of your life, God has granted that you would be delivered out of the hand of your enemies and you would serve him without fear and you would serve him in holiness and righteousness. You can serve God today with your whole heart, regardless of your temporary condition, because you know and I know that this too shall pass and that death has no power over the believer. Death has been defeated, so you don't fear anything. You don't fear the last enemy. What does the Bible say? We're talking about being delivered out of the hand of your enemy. What does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians? That the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And yet we know in the book of Timothy and in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 that he has already abolished death and has destroyed him that had the power of death. So right now, you and I, tapping into the Christmas story, as if you will, we are getting a promise here, and it's not done. This promise is that you and I can serve God without fear all the days of our life, and though we may encounter some satanic warfare, which we will, because that satanic reality that's in the earth, but the kingdom of God is also a reality, and those who are born again have migrated into the spiritual kingdom, and that's an unshakable kingdom. Our foundation is sure. We're not going anywhere, regardless of what the enemy throws at us, in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we must, as an ecclesia, begin to rise up like we were talking about yesterday and exercise our authority that we have in Jesus Christ. And I'm referring absolutely about this disgusting uh, sickness, this bacteria, this disease, this man-made, man-controlled coronavirus, this Delta virus, this Omicron virus, whatever they call it, we rebuke it. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and with the rod of the word of God, we condemn it. And we condemn the ultimate virus behind it, which is fear. So we rebuke these spirits. I'm sorry. I just, I'm ready to go to war. You ready to go to war? I do not. You know what I feel like? I feel like a lot of people are just hanging back on, when am I going to get it? When is my number up? Oh, boy, I'm, I'm afraid to do anything because I might get it. You know what? If you're going to get it, you're going to get it, and that's all there is to it. But I think what we should fear more than getting it is making sure that our walk with God is so complete. I fear right now, and I think you, I hope you do too, I don't want to do anything that's going to upset the Lord. I don't want to do anything against the covenant because that will allow Satan to have advantage. The Bible says that we are not to give the devil any place in our lives. A bitter spirit, a bitter root will produce bitter fruit. Unforgiveness, offense, fear, pride, lust, any of these things, jealousy, envy, strife, gossip, division, any of these internal attitudes of the heart can open a door. So in our humility, we're going low, fearing the Lord, because we know if we honor him, the devil has no access. Okay, but I know that there are people that honor the Lord, they live for the Lord, they're serving the Lord, but the enemy is warring heavy against them. And remember, even in Scripture, Paul said that one of his fellow servants had gotten sick unto death, and God had mercy on him by bringing him back to life. Why did he get sick unto death? Because he was pouring his life out in the ministry. He was a, they were addicted to the ministry. They were pouring everything out. 
So when you pour everything out, you get a little bit weak. And, you know, we're living in this world, but we're warring against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And, by the way, in the, gospel, in the, in the epistles of John, he said that, love not the world, either the things of the world. And he says that we're to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. That was 2,000 years ago. That was 6,000 years ago. That's today. We still have to contend with the world. We have to contend with the flesh, and we have to contend with the devil. And how do we war? By walking in the Spirit, by living in the Spirit. All right, so we rebuke right now, and we're going to continue to do this throughout this broadcast, Omicron. That name must bow to the name of Jesus Christ. And that spirit of fear connected to it, we bind it and we command it to go away because the blood is upon our houses and upon our lives. We are in a blood covenant. You are in a blood covenant. That blood covenant is what is going to protect you from this season. And if for some reason that squiggly little thing gets through and you begin to feel some symptoms, don't fret. No condemnation. Just search your heart. Find out. Maybe I wasn't nice to my wife. I wasn't nice to my husband. I was mean to the dog. I cut somebody off on the freeway. I had a bad attitude, and I didn't confess it. Remember, be quick to confess everything and anything that you do that you know is not consistent with the gospel. It has to get that rigid, but it's not a bad rigidity. It's a good thing. We have to examine ourselves, watch ourselves, be, be aware of what we're doing. This is super important. We're under a blood covenant. Last time I read the book, the Bible, when the blood was on the house of the Israelis, that spirit of death passed right over. And I'm declaring today with you that the Passover blood of the lamb, we don't have to wait once a year. That Passover blood of the lamb is available right now to you over your life, over your heart, over your family, over your home, over your land, over everything you have. That blood speaks to principalities and powers in the name of Jesus Christ. So we boast in the blood. We boast and stand confident in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross so that you and I can serve God all the days of our life without fear in holiness and righteousness. That's what it said. And then we read in verse 76, and thou, child, he's talking to John the Baptist now, shall be called the prophet of the highest, praise God. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. And right now, hear the prophetic word of God to the body, to his people. I know there are many Christians that are suffering, but so were the Israelites suffering when John the Baptist stepped on the scene and then he led the way for Yeshua to come and do the signs, miracles, and wonders. So I want you to know that God is saying to the church right now, you're a mess, but I'm going to step into this environment right now, and I'm going to begin to do things amongst my people, and I'm going to be, bring healing and signs and wonders for the ministry of Yeshua is going to be double portion with double power, double anointing, double for your trouble, and I'm leading the way, and I'm telling you right now, this is what the Word of God is saying. So, salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God. All right, here comes the season of the tender mercy of God upon your life, upon my life, 
upon all who would trust and believe in the Lord. Maybe you're a believer and you're far away. Maybe you're, you've gone through stuff and you thought at the time it was okay, like a divorce, or you, you, you cheated on something, or you lied about something, or you did something, and you thought it was okay, but you have suffered greatly for it. You're, you're laboring under that curse. There's something going on. But God is saying a, a season of tender mercy, yes, it's always there, but a season of tender mercy con- condenses it. Okay, it's not, it's not mixed with water, in other words. This is an uncondensed, this is right now a pure season of God's tender mercy on your soul, over your life, just for you. The tender kindness of God, the mercy of God, not giving us what we deserve. And I tell you, this is going to bring a great deliverance and a salvation of the body of Christ now. Now, in verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. All right. Are you sitting in darkness or in the shadow of death? I hope not. Are you in a situation, a tough battle right now? Are you in something? Well, listen, the day spring, the day star is rising in our heart. The day spring from on high has visited us 2,000 years ago. How, now comes a visitation in our generation. God is speaking. It's always been there, but we're in the season to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Right now, there's a release of divine light to give you wisdom, revelation, knowledge, understanding of how to get out of what you're in. Right now, there's a release of divine light and anointing coming directly to your heart and to your mind to open you up, to see where you are, and to show you the way out. That's going to happen in Jesus' name. All right? And to guide our feet into the way of peace. So this light is going to guide your feet into the way of peace. Remember, that prophecy yesterday began with the day star is rising, and it'll illuminate a path. It'll guide people to a refuge. The refuge always speaks of a place of rest and peace, where the joy of the Lord is, where the love of God is. Now, it closes out in verse 80, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. So that was the prophetic word of God spoken by Zacharias, the father, over John the Baptist, who came in the spirit of Elijah. We have a battle going on right now, and it is a word war. And that word war is about vaccination, it's about sickness, it's about Omicron, it's about all these different things. There's a battle going on. And people are taking sides. You saw perhaps on the uh, video on Delta Airlines, which I know Delta is a great air, uh, airline, so, you know, we, we love Delta Airlines. Um, <clears throat> but a woman who used to be an NFL cheerleader uh, was a Playboy bunny and uh, had a little uh, part in Baywatch. That's what they said. I never heard of her, saw her before. But this woman is on the airplane The man behind her is an 80-year-old man, 80 years old. They have a full-blown video, and this woman is turning around, yelling at him to mask up, 
put on your mask. Now, his mask was off because he was eating. So she's yelling at him to mask up. She spits in his face and smites him, an 80-year-old man. People are standing around, letting this woman do it, kind of trying to hold her back. But she's getting his face. Somebody ought to have taken her by the hair and ripped her right back is what they should have done, especially if they were working on that airline. They should have. You try to, oh, they, she, she struck the man in the face, and she spit in his face. Now, she went to jail, but she was out on a $20,000 bail. But what was it about? Why did she do that? I want you masked up. You see the anger? See the hatred? You're not doing what they're telling you to do. You're not cooperating. And there it is. Is that going to escalate to even greater situation? Most likely. They have succeeded in dividing the nation. And right now, the two sides are fighting. One is trying to control the narrative, like YouTube. They're, they're controlling narrative. This is what you're allowed to say. You're not allowed to say this. And if you do say something against our narrative, you're a bad person. There's something wrong with you. You're the problem. Well, the other side says, no, you're the problem. It reminds me of Ahab and Elijah. We talked about them yesterday. After three and a half years of uh, famine and drought, finally, Ahab sees Elijah coming and says, oh, you that trouble Israel. And he says, no, I didn't trouble Israel. You troubled Israel. So there you have this, this, these difference of ideas. You know, and people in one mindset are saying, you guys are the problem. And the other people say, no, we're not the problem. You're the problem. And that is not a good thing. Now, the tender mercy of God in the midst of that whole thing <laughs> is that God, you know, brought a showdown. And then in the showdown, he wiped out 850 of Jezebel's prophets. Elijah did with a sword. And um, <clears throat> it wasn't too far down the road that Jezebel herself was taken out. And Ahab had zero influence after that point because God raised up the anointing of Jehu, Elijah, Come on, Phineas. Come on, Josiah. Come on, anointed word of God. Come on. And so the body of Christ right now, you can't afford, we cannot afford to be afraid of anything. Terrified by nothing. One of our favorite scriptures that we're getting to love is in Philippians chapter 1. And in Philippians chapter 1, I believe it's verse 28. We just read this the other day because Sister Laquita said, I know exactly where that's at. And here it is. In Philippians 1.28, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. You know, when you're not afraid of what they're projecting, that's a sign of perdition of them. That's a token of their destruction. But if you get afraid, they rise. You become the tail, they become the head. You cannot be afraid of their narrative. Is there a, is, does flu exist? Do colds exist? Does a double pneumonia exist? Uh, is there a COVID-19 thing? They say there is. Is there a Delta variant? Is there an Omicron? I don't know and I don't care because they're one and the same. People have been dying from the flu and the cold and pneumonia for a long time before this stuff ever showed up. Okay, but this is the controversial political issue that's dividing our nation. You see, there's something more terrifying than this. But you and I, we're not terrified by, what does it say? And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. 
Who's your adversary? Your adversary, the devil, roars about like a lion, seeking someone to devour. Okay, but we serve the lion of the tribe of Judah who has teeth. That roaring lion has no teeth. The Lord knocked his teeth out 2,000 years ago. That's the truth. We're not just jumping on beat up the devil. That's not the point. But the fact of the matter is that roaring lion had his teeth knocked out 2,000 years ago by the lion. Actually, just by the lamb. Wait till the lion comes, uh, the lion of Judah. The lamb of God took his teeth out. Come on. On the cross, he disarmed the principalities and powers. He defeated them. He made an open show of them. Come on. He did it. He crushed him. He beat him. He stepped on his head. And he's waiting for the church to execute the judgment that has been written against him. And the church cannot afford, afford to be afraid. We are in a spiritual battle, but we have the victory. The devil does not have the victory. And yet he's, he's appearing to have the victory because the church is kind of weirded out right now. So a, t- a season of tender mercy for the body of Christ. Uh, and, and the laborers who have been laboring, even sick unto death because they've been pouring out to labor for the Lord, they're going to be healed too. In the name of Jesus Christ, they're going to be healed too. You know, I don't know who is listening to this message today, but I sinned yesterday, and I'm going to confess it because I did it on the air. I'm going to do it. I'm going to confess on the air. I sinned yesterday at 1030 after an hour and a half of my broadcast. I went to my screen, and I saw that there were four people tuned in and just a couple of people on Blog Talk Radio, and my heart sunk. And I said goodbye, and I got in there, and I allowed my heart to go into a position of nobody's listening, nobody's following. And it was my pride, and I got rebuked by the Lord during the day. He rebuked me so beautifully and said, you need to give thanks if one person's listening to you, and it's changing their lives. And so I was reproved, and I will never again look at my screen and get depressed, bummed out. You know, we went through a whole Christmas season. Not one person uh, sent during the last couple of weeks an offering. I was looking, looking, looking uh, from people on the Internet for the radio ministry. Um, A couple of several weeks ago there was, and I think I received a, a check from Shirley. You could count on one hand how many people support the ministry. And that bummed me out a little bit, and I got a little bummed out, and I was like, man, why isn't anybody supporting our ministry? Maybe nobody's listening. Maybe, maybe we're doing it wrong. And I started getting into this thinking, and the Holy Spirit really did give me a gentle reproof and said, you need to be thankful. And so I am thankful. I'm going to continue. Whoever's listening is going to listen. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. That's not up to me. But I'm going to do the best I can to be faithful, to bring the Word of God. And I believe this is the Word of God. And today it's an encouragement to all of us. And, you know, that little bit of attitude that I had yesterday, you know, uh, of of, of feeling the pangs of being, you know, just after 30 years of being in the pastoral ministry, 40 years of Christianity, thinking, my God, such a small following. And it's, it's always been a bit of a struggle for me. I just don't understand it. I know that we're preaching the word of God. I know, but my wife is triple dynamic more than I am in the spirit. And I just know that there's a beautiful anointing, so I don't get it, except some people say the devil's warned against you. But come on, churches grow, 
And, and we've had thousands of people come through our ministry. So that little bit of attitude without con- conviction could have opened a door to the enemy coming in and starting to work against me. And I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit said, you need, you need to start being thankful no matter what it looks like. And so I confess, I repent, and I apologize uh, for getting off the air yesterday. We may have, if I wouldn't have gotten into that spirit, could have opened the lines and had a great conversation. So that's just on me. Uh, in fact, I was so bummed out. My brother that was in uh, St. Louis area yesterday uh, sent me a, th- a little video. I didn't even return it. I had another brother give me a call immediately after. I didn't return his call. Why? Because I was taking in this woe is me. Why isn't anybody listening? Why are we not being supported on the air? A few people here and there, and then about three or four people that have been giving one. So, so I was getting there, and I got rebuked, and I am so thankful to the Lord for that. And I apologize. I am sorry. I don't understand things, but I don't need to understand things. God has blessed our lives. We are doing well by the grace of God. It's just a communication issue. And I've heard people get out there and reprove and rebuke, and I've done it myself. And I just, I've made a decision that, you know, I don't need a great big studio. I don't need a great big following. I just need to get up and do what I do every day to that one person that may be listening that we could be effective to. And that's it. That's it. And I, 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 I love the body of Christ, and I just wish we could have more influence. But if not, then God says this is what you can handle right now. He is in control. So please accept my apology if I blew it back then. We are in a battle. You see this book right here? This book, Deliverance, The Christian Bill of Rights by Patricia Joy, my wife, Patricia Joy Xavier. That book, Benjamin Baruch was doing a radio broadcast with Patricia and I in California. He was on the air and he said, let me tell you something about this book. This book right here, while you're reading it, there's an anointing to break yokes and bind up and cast out demonic presence. He said that on the air. I believe it's true. We're in a, and all that book tells us, it teaches us with the word of God that we are in a very real spiritual battle, that some of the things that you're coping with are not just natural. They're not just psychological. A lot of problems people are having are just not physiological problems. They are demonic spiritual problems. And sometimes... I wonder, again, <laughs> I don't want to go there. Never mind. So we are in a, a real spiritual battle. Now, is there power in the name of Jesus? Is there power in the blood of the Lamb to destroy? I mean like radiation literally is zap coronavirus. Is there an anointing to do that? Is there power of God anointing? to look at that thing like a cancer and radiate it, but not with man's machinery, but by the word of God and the anointing of the spirit, can that be done? And the answer is yes, there is an anointing to bring healing and restoration. Get ready for a season of the tender mercy of God that is going to come to your life and it's going to awaken, and light is going to come, and there's going to be a pathway out. You've been in something. You've been in a trial. You've been in sickness. You've been in turmoil. You've been in stress. You've been in anxiety. You've been in fear. Uh, you've been operating kind of angry. Uh, you've, you've been in pride, whatever it is. You've been in 
and inside you're going, I don't want to be here. The tender mercy of God is coming to set you free. By the name of Jesus, right now as I'm speaking and in the days ahead, the tender mercy of God is coming to get you out of that condition. And you're going to come out, but the wisdom is, why was I there? And you're going to learn and say, this is why I got there. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you. The Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you. And this is the goodness of God. He loves you. He loves you. You know, God is not the one that, I know God brings division. I know that Jesus Christ, when he came, he said, I did not come to bring peace on the earth, but division. And I'm going to divide a house. Okay, so he said that in Luke chapter 13. But I know when you balance that, that the plan of the devil is to divide and conquer. I know that the God, the, the intended purpose of God is that none would perish, but all would come to life. But we're in such a weird season because the people that are perishing, and I mean eternally perishing, you could be a lover of Jesus and die, you're going to be part of the resurrection. You're going to wake up in the righteousness of God. I mean, that's not an issue for you. I'm talking about the people that are perishing in today's moment are people that are actually hating God. They're, they're, they're blaspheming God. They want nothing to do with God. They ridicule and mock Jesus Christ. I mean, on television, in Hollywood, you know, they, uh, they condemn the word of God. They rebuke it, laugh at it. I mean, and so these people are literally perishing. And the, the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God would reach out to these people. But these people are satanic worshipers in the upper echelons that have put a binding spell on the people beneath them, the inhabitants of the earth. These Luciferian worshiping, uh, satanic worshipers are literally putting spells, delusions, deception, lies, trickery, satanic energy strategies to turn their sticks into snakes, the magicians of Egypt. I mean, this is real deal. And people's souls are perishing because they're coming under the influence of this demonic thing. And the altars of idolatry have been flooded with the blood of innocent babies strengthening the satanic demonic spirits, they, they drink that blood and it energizes and they go out and they do some really bad stuff. And we're there. Our generation, prior to our generation, prior to 1973, it was illegal to have an abortion. You were not going to put innocent blood on an altar of idolatry in America before 1973. Before the 1960s, you did have prayer in schools. You read your Bible in school. There was prayer in the government, in the halls of government, but they decided we're going to make war against that. And I go on down the list. There was a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't permitted in this society prior to the 1960s. I'll just start right there. Because prior to 1961, I mean, they're just, just beginning the introduction of rock and roll music. But man, oh man, was it a much moral, cleaner society. And now we're here today, our generation. And we have saturated the altars of idolatry, not you and I, hopefully. Uh, if anybody ever has had an abortion and you have come to Jesus Christ, you can know and be confident that that baby's life is with the Lord. The spirit of that blood that was in that baby, that blood that was shed, you are forgiven. If you have confessed it and repented and said, I will never do that again, I regret that. And you don't have to walk with regret and brokenness the rest of your life either. You can be totally and completely delivered and healed and know that through one of the rewards of your salvation, you're going to meet that child in heaven. The Bible says it. I'm not making it up. Life is in the blood and the life that was in that. And we just showed a film 
last weekend at our ecclesia of how scientists have now seen with modern technology how that at conception there is a burst of light in the egg. It's amazing. So there's life in that conception. And there's that blood, tissue, cells, there's spirit life in it. And what are the rewards of those who have had an abortion or fathers or men who have wanted the abortion, paid for the abortion, could care less about anything? The blood was on their hands too. But all who have confessed, all who have repented, the tender mercy of God is there. And one of your rewards in heaven will be you're going to meet that child. So be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Let no reproach, no condemnation, no guilt, no shame be upon your soul that the devil can no longer put his vomit on the table of your heart. Your heart is clean by the blood of Jesus. Make sure it is. Do the work that you need to do. It's all about deliverance. And where does deliverance begin? Deliverance begins from the inside out. Because you get this heart cleaned up, there will be no place for the devil. Jesus said it this way. The devil comes and he finds nothing in me. He has nothing in me. If you sit there today and say, well, the devil's got a lot on me, then you're not working out your salvation with fear and trembling. You and I are not to have anything operating in our heart unattended to that could be an altar where the enemy could come and just pick on us. And he will exploit everything. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine, and it is the little leaven that leavens the whole loaf. Praise the Lord. And so it's just where we're at right now, warfare. And the church of Jesus Christ all of us, even, in, even those that are just listening right now, who are watching right now, wherever you're at, we need to raise our voice. And we need to say to the spirit that's being energized by fear and by propaganda and all these tools, we need to rise up and rebuke it. And I mean, by, I mean take hold of the horns of this dragon. And I mean shut its mouth, okay, that its own breath will go back on itself in its own fire rather than coming out will inbreathe and explode. That's what we need to do. You and I need to stand in one voice, like was written in this book, and say, Satan, you are bound. Coronavirus, you are bound. Delta variant, you are bound. Omicron, you are bound. Even if it's not even true, if they've made it real. So you've got to bind it, and you've got to rebuke it and renounce it. And you have to send anointing against it. Pour out your life. Go to war. Fight. Don't accept whatever the enemy's trying to throw on you. You fight for your marriage. You fight for your family. You fight for your church. You fight for your mind. You fight for your body. You fight to do what is right in the eyes of God, and you will succeed. You sit back and do nothing, you're going to get whooped, and you're going to go into satanic prison called bondage and you're going to start feeling sorry for yourself woe is me and believe me we don't want to go there god is too good papa is too good to sit back and complain and murmur about anything he's good we're alive we were dead but now we're alive 
We were in bondage, but now we're free. We were poor, but now we're rich. We're anointed. We have eternal life. We were on the wide road that leads to destruction, eternal damnation, but we're not on it anymore. We have so much to be thankful for. I want you right now to begin to say thank you, God, for everything you've done in my life. Thank you, Father God, for delivering me. Thank you, Father God, for healing me. Thank you, Father God, for delivering me out of the snare of the fowler. Thank you, Father God, for all your tender mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yahshua. Thank you, Ruach HaKadosh. Thank you, Holy Spirit of the living God. Thank you. Begin to thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Don't stop thanking God for how good he is. There's a problem in your mind with a relationship. Thank God for those people. Thank God for everybody. Thank God. Thank God. You've been tested to be offended. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God you didn't take the bait. We had a sister call, uh, was with us last night. She told us an incredible story. This incredible story was involving a woman that um, has a relationship. And there's been some issues in the back, you know, a lot of love. But there's been a problem with some rejection and offense. I think every one of us have had issues with <laughs> rejection and offense. And as she was telling the story, she said that she, there was a situation going on, and the enemy wanted to just nail her with becoming offended, and she kept fighting. I will not be. I love so-and-so. I love, I love, I love, I love, I bless, I bless, I bless. I praise this person. I praise God for this person. And she went on, and she prayed, 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 and she didn't take it. And everything in the environment changed, and she got, she was totally free that she didn't take the offense. She had a dream that night. And in her dream, at the side of her bed, at the foot of the side of her bed, there was a black bird bound up around the mouth and the wings dead on her floor. And she said that black bird was a demonic spirit that had been trying to enter into her soul through offense. And because she knew better than to take the offense, she fought it. That thing died at her feet. And that's how every one of these weapons of the enemy, these tactics that the enemy's using, they're going to die at your feet. You're going to walk over them. You're going to walk right out. There's a shining light, and there's a way out of the darkness. You're a lover of Jesus Christ. He loves you back. And you're going to serve him without fear all the days of your life in holiness and righteousness, being delivered out of the hand of your enemy, just like the book says. We have promises. We have promises. And what I would, what I would recommend to the body of Christ right now, and, and, and this is an approach that God is leading me in, and, I, and I'm pretty sure it's working so far. Thank you, Jesus. You, you develop an idea, a, a, a spiritual definiteness. I don't want to offend God, number one, which means I don't want to do anything he, I'm not supposed to do. I don't want to talk about people. My side of the fence, I'm not going to rail on your side of the fence. Heard enough of it. I already know. 
I know that there are people that are sick. I know there are people that have died and are at death's bed. But we're praying for life and miracles and signs and wonders as the tender mercy of God begins to explode in the hearts and minds of people. So number one, I don't want to offend God. Number two, I don't want to do anything that's just going to give the enemy opportunity. So I don't want to slander anybody. I don't want to rail against anybody. I don't want to take a position where my soul or my flesh is energized and my spirit's taking a back seat. I want the spirit of God in my spirit to take the lead and my flesh to die on a cross and my soul to sit down, be quiet, and get washed in the blood of the lamb by the spirit and the word of God. I want my spirit to take the ascendancy in my life because the spirit knows Jesus walked in the spirit and he just moved. He had some things to say against the scribes and the Pharisees, but it was by the spirit. He rebuked them, reproved them, called them snakes and vipers. I mean, he really nailed it by the spirit. He took a whip and he went to the, the changers of money, the money changer tables, and turned them upside down in the temple. By the spirit, he reproved and rebuked his own disciples. So I'm not saying we're, we're, we're in the sloppy agape, which I don't think any kind of agape, true agape is sloppy, but that's what they call it. So I don't think... We're talking here about a weakness. I think there's a wisdom. I know there's a wisdom. And we were just reading last night out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, where we read this. In verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. Don't walk as a fool in these days. But as wise, redeeming the time. In other words, use your time properly. Because the days are evil. If the days were evil back then, how evil are they today? So walk circumspectly. And it goes on to say in 17, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you know, I believe there are a lot of people in Christianity that really don't have a clue what the will of God is for their lives. And if we really knew and trusted that we're operating in the will of God, we wouldn't care about what we see. Like what I had to go through yesterday. If I knew I was doing the right thing and I was in the will of God, the results have to be left to God. Okay. I would know that. And so that trust has to deepen, 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 deepen more trust. We all have room for growth. And we're all growing in the Lord. Understand the will of the Lord and be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves, here's, do this right now, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Just do it. I just want to praise you. Just wherever you are. Lift my hands and say, I love you. 
You are everything to me, and I exalt your holy name. I exalt your holy name. Why do you sing? Because it creates an atmosphere in your heart. Don't worry about what people think. You know, it doesn't matter. You alone, in your heart, making melody under the Lord. Why does he say to do that? Because it's a medicine. Laughter is a good medicine. Oh, I love to make people laugh. And you may not know me that way, but those who are part of our ecclesia and have been around a long time, I love making people laugh. Because I know it's, in, in a good sense of humor, laughter is a medicine. So is being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in Psalms. Speak, speak to yourself in Psalms. Read Psalm 118 today. Psalm 118, it's a revelatory message. I had a, a great thing happen over the weekend. I got a phone call from a beer, very dear friend of ours, and I'm very cautious about sharing information. And, uh, and yet it, I, was, I did ask for permission. I did put it out there. Uh, Pastor Kevin Honeycutt's wife, Nancy, had come down with double pneumonia, and she was in the hospital. And we were praying with her. We called her, and we were praying with her and, and binding up that destiny-destroying demon that was working against her life because there's destiny upon that pastor. Uh, and so while Patricia's praying with her, God gave me a word. He said, you shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. So I found it in the Bible, Psalm 118. I said, uh, Nancy, this is the word of the Lord. So she started weeping. She said, that was my word today in my daily Readings, Psalm 118, verse 17. It's a rhema word right now for people. I shall live and not die. I shall not die, but live. And I will declare the works of the Lord in my salvation. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. To the Lord. Come on, man. We just start singing right now to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. These are weapons. These are weapons in spiritual warfare. These are weapons of mass destruction to the principalities and powers that are operating against your life. Sing. Make melody. Don't sit around all day thinking. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Imagining, imagining. Be occupied with doing something. And have the word of God going into your mind. If you're, if you're on a radio, you're driving. Put the word of God in or Travel down the road, sing. Praise God, pray. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Biblical instructions. And I declare over you that you shall not die, but live. And declare the works of the Lord. And we rebuke the spirit of death 
And we rebuke every weapon that has been formed against us that are tuned in right now. And I would declare no weapon formed against any of us will prosper. And every tongue that is risen in judgment is condemned. And watch out if you've been uttering against the work of God that it doesn't boomerang back on you. But we're going to bless you. If you're one who has cursed the work of God, we bless you in Jesus' name. But be careful. You're dealing with God. So we renounce and we declare no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, we condemn. For this is our heritage as servants of the Lord. And our righteousness is of him, saith the Lord. We have a heritage. We are heirs of salvation. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And we are blessed. And we are blessed. And these things that have afflicted your life shall have no power over you. They shall have no power over you. Stay the course. People that are listening right now, this is for you. I can't help those that aren't listening. I could pray. I could hope. But when you're sitting under the word of God and there's an anointing on that word, there's power there. There is power and influence coming from God, so thank him. Sing to him. Fill your heart with melody, praise, songs, psalms, songs of deliverance, songs of mercy, songs of the grace, the goodness of God, songs of love and tenderness, songs of affection for the great king. Fill your heart with the treasure of music, worship. You watch that atmosphere begin to change. Strongholds will be broken. Where the enemy has gotten in there and has got a stronghold, a foundation, it will break. It will loosen in the name of Jesus. Strategies that have been against you that you were blinded to, suddenly the light will dawn and you'll see and you'll know the way out. In Jesus' name. Do you know, at New Wine Ministries Ecclesia, we gather six days a week, not including what we're doing here every morning. Do you know that we gather, sincerely, Tuesday night for Bible study, Wednesday night for Bible study, Thursday night for Bible study, Monday night for prayer meeting, but not everybody goes. Prayer meetings is so funny. But it's, it's basically for a particular group that's overseeing and praying and interceding for the church and for things going on in the country. So we meet on Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, we do this radio program. We gather Saturday, and we gather Sunday. So at New Wine Ministries, people, and what's amazing is that how often the people come. And we're all just doing it. I don't believe it's wasted time or, you know, it's, the, it's, it's anything other than people are hungry for the word of God. And what we discover is every time we gather, there's something good comes out of it. We may not always be on the air. I've already given my prediction that by April I probably won't be. But you need to be in a gathering place where the word of God will constantly be taught to you. And you say, well, I can turn on any radio station. I can go to any place. And you can. 
you can. And I wish you well in that. But there's nothing like gathering together with the saints and breaking bread and fellowshipping. Make that a priority in your life. The other day, Monday, when we had those four baptisms and we sat around for almost two hours talking afterwards, it was the richest time. My God, it was so rich. I want to bless right now people that I know that are out there listening. I want to bless my brother Scott today, my brother Robert today, my brother Michael today. I want to bless my brothers out there that are um, interceding, fasting, praying, laboring, warring. I want to praise God for all the warriors today. I want to praise God for my brother Don. I want to pray for his wife, Lynn. I want to ask that God's perfect will be done in that relationship. Her body, she's suffering. She needs healing. We pray for Lynn. We pray for Nancy Honeycutt. We pray for our dear friend, Pastor Jeff and his wife, Dee, in their ministry. We pray for these people that are uh, coming under a mild affliction from the enemy. We just declare liberty and freedom in the name of Jesus Christ, healing, quickening. I just want to bless people today. I want to bless Brian and Kathy today. Brian and Kathy were supposed to be, me, be with me on the air today. Came a little bit under the weather. But this too shall pass. This too shall pass, men of God. Women of God, hear the word of the Lord. This too shall pass. You're not going down. You're not going under. In fact, you're going to come out from it. You're going to be stronger than ever before. There will be no residual. You haven't been infected by something. The blood is cleansing you right now. In Jesus' name. You're probably going to have a greater wisdom about things. But I just want to bless the body of Christ. I want to bless my friends that are on Facebook right now. Charlotte Gotch is saying good morning. God bless you, Charlotte. Thank you for the good morning blessing. Pastor Melissa Fletcher, good morning, dear brothers and sisters, all the way from South Dakota. Wow, what a blessing that you're tuning into this broadcast. God bless you. Terry Jean said, preach it. And I'm not sure who Terry Jean is, but Terry, God bless you, and we will. Kevin Haugers, good morning, y'all. God bless you, Kevin. Thank you for helping us to even have this far down advanced in our ministry. God bless you on the radio. Uh, Cindy Messman, good morning. And we declare that all things work together for good, that God is going to do something even better than what we thought it was going to be. Mark and Cindy, praise the Lord. Kevin says, I don't know if it's my internet feed, but is it signal broken at times? So Kevin's asking, is anybody else having issues with the program? I don't know. I want to say hello to our friends on Blog Talk Radio. I see a couple of numbers out there, a few people tuning in. Well, I want you to know that if you have any questions or comments about what you're hearing today, something you'd like to share, that this would be a great time to dial the number. I'll put it on the screen for anybody that would like to. The number to call is always... 818-369-0326. We try to make this unique by allowing people to call in and share their heart, share a testimony, uh, give some information, revelation, understanding about what's going on. So much going on. Uh, we have been attempting to release prophetic utterances and words of knowledge, words of wisdom, revelation, teach the Bible. In part, we're, trying to, we're doing it all here, but with the body of Christ. We love when the whole body gets involved and engaged. So God bless you. There's the number. 818-369-0326 is the number to call. Praise the Lord. 
And then, of course, if you have anything in the chat room that you'd like to talk about, make sure you do uh, have any questions or comments. All right, so spiritual warfare. I love it. And, and I'm always good with that. I, I think maybe we've just said enough today. I'm not sure. Uh, Wesley Craig is with us. Thank you, Wesley Craig, for the thumbs up. God bless you. And we do have a call coming in. It's, you know, it's our dear friends. I love it. I always like talking to Ken and Kathy all the way from South Dakota. Let's take this call. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You are on the air. Good morning. Yes. It seems like when I tune in, well, see, we're so limited out here. Uh, well, Ken and I are because we get it. We've got new phones. I can't. I can't use FaceTime and all that. So I. We always listen to you on Omega. But oh, I am telling you, last night we were with a group of people here at Joshua's house here in South Dakota, and exactly what. You brought out about how the Lord gives you a song in the spirit. It was happening. And I thought, yes, thank you, Jesus. Another confirmation. And God is definitely moving through the body of Christ. Wow, I love that. I love confirmations. Aren't they fun? (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. So that's everybody's assignment today. When we hang up, everybody's going to start singing to the Lord. Maybe they've already started. That's why. Well, God bless you. And how are you doing up there? Everybody healthy and happy? Yes, that, but it's very cold. How cold is it right now in South Dakota? Uh, well, Ken's usually the person with, involved with all the weather stations and the navigation. So, Ken, how cold is it here this morning? Oh, I think it's 10. 10 degrees, yep. huh? Wow. Yep. It's And it's going to really, you know, zap a lot of things in this area. So, but we have someone say Florida? this. <laughs> Pardon? You, can someone say Florida? Yeah, Florida. Oh, you guys, that, you guys is, that is the temptation. <laughs> Wow. Okay, enough for the small talk. Enough for the small talk. I wonder, I I think about what God is going to do, you know, in the year ahead and that. And then uh, just the other day, uh, a book was sent to me, and it was coming from the Voice of the Martyrs. And I thought, oh, you know, I don't know. This is what has come in my heart and in my mind. I think the thing that's going to bring the people back to God in the countries of the past has been persecution. And I believe America is headed for a lot of persecution, and it's already started through government and other sources, but it's going to bring people to well, amen, it will. And, you know, when we're talking about singing, um, where did Paul, and I believe it was Silas, they had been beaten with rods, they were thrown into prison, their blood was dripping down their back, they were in the inner prison. What were they doing? They were singing. And they were singing to the Lord. And this deliverance, the season that we're in of the tender mercies of God right now, as God's people begin to just chill out, calm down, 
and begin to just worship the Lord. Don't fear anything. Sing, make melody in your heart to the Lord. Um, it's the right thing to do. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Through the fire without burning. Amen. You got it. God bless okay. you. Love you, Kathy. Thanks for calling in. We love you and Ken. Shalom. All right, the number to call, 818-369-0326. Press 1 on the dial pad. We'll bring you right into the broadcast. Yeah, that just kind of hit me, you know. There's um, in the greatest suffering, in the times of persecution, trial, imprisonment, it's what they did. It's what you do. And I guess you could fret about everything, but I would imagine rather than fretting if you're worshiping, that God, uh, the God, that gives God the opportunity to do His work in Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. Uh, many of you are aware of this. In Second Chronicles, chapter twenty, when the massive army was coming against Judah, and they had prayed and reiterated the covenant, and a prophetic word came, and The Bible tells us as they began to praise the Lord and sing, God set ambushments for their enemies. Do you have enemies that are striving against your life, whether they be sickness, disease, demons, whatever, real people? As they began to praise the Lord, let me just read it to you. Let me just read Second Chronicles. I've always said this is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, personally. Second um, Chronicles chapter 20, and I'll just read it down here. And in verse 22, Second Chronicles 20, 22, And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. See, that's a word of knowledge for somebody right now. Somebody right now, this is all connected by the Holy Spirit. I didn't prepare a thing here today, nothing. It's all just spirit-led. And we get down now. Paul is in prison singing. The prison doors open. You remember, we'll get to that story too. But here... When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments. God is going to set an ambush against your enemy because you praise him in the midst of your trial. Do that. I've got another call coming in, area code 479-321. Let's take that call. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Hello? Hello. Hello, Pastor? Yes, hello. Do you hear me? I hear you. I don't know what I did wrong. You didn't do anything. You're just, you're at a time delay. (laughs) You know, if you're listening to this, you have to understand there's a little bit of a time delay, so... Uh, you'll you'll you just when you call in, um, I'm not sure how you do that. Anyways, if you call back in, we'll take that call. No problem at all. All right, here it is. Let's give it a shot. Let's see if you can hear me okay. 
All right, can you hear me okay now? You're on a you're on a delay. Get back on the screen, please. Hello, hello. 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 Pastor. Yes. I hear hello? you. I Pastor? hear you. Do you hear me now? I yes, yes, sir. I do. I hear you. This is Phil. Do you hear me? Hello, Phil. I hear you. Pastor, All right, we're gonna have. I just maybe this will encourage you. I was just reading in Wikipedia that in nineteen, or excuse me, in twenty twenty, two point three eight billion Christians out of seven point eight billion people worldwide. Say that again, Phil. This is a this is a drop from twenty this is a drop from twenty nineteen of two point five billion Christians. Uh, so what are you saying? That there's an increase of people getting saved? How many of those two point Five billion Christians. No, there's a drop of people saying they're Christians. Oh, there's a decrease. Yeah. Yeah. How did that two point? How did that 2.38 billion people, Christians worldwide, how many are ecclesia? I have no idea. I have no idea. What do you think? Yeah, but my point my point is how many of the ecclesia are listening to your show? I have <laughs> I have no idea. <coughs> and I I appreciate in other words in other words, the important listeners, the important listeners are the ecclesia. I understand. Okay, I got it. That is very encouraging, and you're right, and that's why I got rebuked. To me, to <laughs> me, that's an answer of how many people... Amen. Amen. You're right on, Phil. You're right thank, on. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So what Phil is saying is that those who are listening are, are ordained by God to be listening, and he was encouraging uh, this radio station, this broadcast. So, Phil, thank you. And uh, I, I guess what Kevin's saying is if you call into the program, you need to be listening on your phone because if you're listening on the computer, there's a long delay. But if you're on the phone, you'll be right on time. So next time we'll do that, okay? All right. So any other questions or comments? Uh, we were looking. Uh, this is a word of knowledge, Second Chronicles 20, 22. And they, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments. You're going to do that today. That's going to happen today. And I really did want to see, you remember when the Apostle Paul was in prison, 
I'm not exactly sure where that is in the book of Acts, but I know it's in the book of Acts. When he was thrown into prison, um, they were singing and they were praising. And uh, there it is. Is that it right there? Maybe, maybe, maybe. There it is. Okay. So it says in verse 25 of Acts chapter 16, at, uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Well, now we've got to go back to 22, 22. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. So now this is Paul and Silas. They're getting beaten. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, change or charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Wow, are they locked up and bound up. And at midnight, under those conditions, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. So they prayed and they sang praises unto God. Do you hear what the Lord is saying today for all of us? And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, while they were singing, while they were praying, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. So as you begin to praise God right now, we do, we're going to call forth and declare immediately the bands will be broken of the affliction that have been afflicting you. That's it. Right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. We call that forth right now. We call that forth right now. Sing, praise, pray, melody, fill your heart with music and treasure and glory and thank God and praise him. Was it because everything was working right? Nope. It was because they had been beaten. They had many stripes. They were in the inner prison. Their feet were locked up. It was a nightmare. But at midnight, rather than complaining, they began to praise the Lord. Come on. That's it. They praised the Lord. And I know in my spirit and I believe with all of my heart my faith is strong, and I want to join it with yours right now, that whatever you're going through, if you will praise and sing and begin to worship your God, your Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, it's going to break. This thing is going to break because it's not real. It is a lie. It is a deception. It is not real. It is satanic, and you have authority over it in Jesus' name. So I agree with you if you will believe with me. If you will believe with me, praise the Lord. 818-369-0326. Do you need help right now with somebody just praying for you? Do you need help? Call up. I'll pray with you. We'll have the whole church praying for you. 
Today is what? December 29th. December 29th. Are you ready for the rumble? Man, it is going to rumble in January. And as we commence, it's not going to stay the way it is. And you've got to get delivered and get to where God wants you to be so that you're going to ready, you're ready to activate. Man, God is cleaning up his church. He's purging. He's thoroughly purging his floor. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven. Come on. Cleanse yourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and the fear of God. If a man, therefore, will purge himself of these lesser qualities, that human nature stuff, he'll be a vessel meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work, a vessel of honor. Come on. We're getting ready for the rumble. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Stand up and don't be afraid. Snap. Break those bands. How? By praising the Lord. Singing to the Lord. Making melody in your heart. I got a feeling. I got a feeling that everything's going to be all right. You are going to be all right. Man, I feel, I'm feeling good right now. I got to tell you. It's not a feeling. It's something going on deep in the spirit. Man, chains are snapping right now. Bands are breaking right now. Prison doors are opening right now. Sickness is bowing right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Fear is running right now from the boldness of God's people right now. Oh, let your song be a victory song. Let your shout be a glorious shout. Let it rip. Let it rip. Let it rip. Let it rip with as much as you have. Just praise the living God and saints of God who are doing well. I want you to sing right now on the behalf of our brothers and sisters everywhere in the world who are suffering. Sing for them. Sing for them. Come on, Ecclesia of God. Let the tender mercies of God come upon the true church of Jesus Christ. May God's people rise. Let them waken, Father. Deliver, deliver, deliver. Release, release, release. Loose, 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 loose. Praise God. A real spiritual battle. But you've been called this moment into that battle with battle plans for victory. You're not here on accident. Queen Esther wasn't there on accident. Man, she was there on purpose. She had a poipus. She was there on purpose. And on the third day, she went in, clothed in the majesty and the glory and the royalty of the clothing that the king had given her. She put it on. And today we put on the royal clothing of a new nature, the robes of righteousness given to us by our king, Jesus. And we boldly come on this prophetic third day into the Holy of Holies, and we stand before our King. And we find favor just like Esther did. We find favor. He sees us dressed not in the filthy rags of our old human nature, groveling. No, we're standing decked out with the royal robes of his righteousness. Favor, and then he extends his scepter, which means the rod of a kingdom. And you and I take hold of the rod of his kingdom, the kingdom of God, Jesus' kingdom. And he extends it as joint heirs. We touch it as a bride. We touch it and we receive of that rod of his kingdom. Drake the purposes of the Hamans of this day. 
and they will hang on their own gallows. Oh, I believe it with all of my heart. I believe it, believe it, believe it with all of my heart. In Jesus' name. What is your request? I will give it up to half the kingdom. The scepter of his kingdom is righteousness. The scepter, the rod of his kingdom, he extends it to you today. He always has. It's always stretched out, and his hand is stretched out still in a good way for those who would step forward and say, I'm taking hold. Enough is enough with this nonsense. Enough is enough. Now, Holy Spirit of the living God, because our confidence is not in ourselves, our confidence is you. I ask you to open the heavens right now over all that are listening to this broadcast. And I ask for miracles, signs, and wonders to begin to stir deep within God's people. But first, that John the Baptist, that Elijah anointing, preparing the way, calling God's people back to God. It wasn't the unbelievers that just got saved that were being baptized on Monday. They were mature believers who have known the Lord for years. But it was a call back to rededication. It is time for those who already believe to step into destiny. It is all, it's for those who know right now. It's a calling of God to return, to be freshly anointed, freshly baptized. Oh, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. Going to another call coming in from area code 219. Let's take this call, area code 219. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Pastor Vince. I Praise knew it Lord. was you. I knew it was you. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear your voice, Brother Don. How are you? Yeah. Good, good. If you only believe, if we'll only believe, right? If we Amen. will only believe. Yes, sir. That's, that's the big stipulator. <laughs> Amen. And glad. I believe. Yeah. Go ahead. What's going on in your soul and in your heart, your mind, your world? It's so good to hear from you. God bless you. Well, I want to thank you for praying for my wife. And uh, those prayers mean a lot. And I just, uh, I really want to thank you. You are and, most uh, welcome. God's will be done. A lot of times we don't understand why we have to go through the things that we go through. But I I believe that there's always a reason. And you have to ask God, search God for a reason. And at the end of the day, you always get something called vindication. And vindication simply means he tells you this is why you had to go through it. And we got to wait for that sometimes. Well, in my case, almost all the time. But, uh, yeah, vindication, that's the word. And we'll be vindicated here in these situations, life situations. And at the end, when this life, uh, we've already started heaven. We've already started everlasting life. So when we take the next step over, uh, it won't be much of a step. It'll be just like a a little short step. Then we'll have full vindication of everything we ever need to know and all the answers we ever needed, ever desired, will have will be complete then. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. 
as well as to what God has for me this day. And uh, I like what you said. Man, I really like what you said where, where God told you if just one person is moved by what you said, that's all the importance in the world because that one person is so important to the heart of God, we can't even imagine because we can't, we can't really imagine the love of God that we have, that he has for us. So if, just think, you know, I think back in my life, I know you think back in your life, how God moves heaven and earth just for you. And you had to think, wow, that must have really been important. But that's who you're ministering to with what you do every day, every day in your services and on the radio. That one person is listening to you by divine appointment. And it would be it would be amazed if we could see what that person had to go through to, to fulfill that appointment, to get to that appointment. So that's why I really like what what you what you said that came from God about that one person. And um, well, like I said, I just that really moved me when you said that, as well as everything else that you said, because I know it came from the Spirit. You know, Don, I'm having, I'm being blown away right now in a good way. I I can't believe this. As you're talking, I'm remembering last night I had a dream. Before the living God, I had a dream. And you'll never believe what I dreamt last night. You and I haven't talked. You haven't been on this program for months. And I think our last conversation, I don't know how, it it wasn't too far ago. But last night, I dreamt of moose. Yeah. And Moose was in my dream, and I called him, and I said, Moose. And he looked at me, and he jumped in my arms. I knew he wasn't going to eat me. It was a good thing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, we're talking, and I'm thinking, I just remembered this dream last night about Moose. Isn't that the strangest thing in the world? It must have been uh, a precursor to me calling you, because Moose is laying (laughs) right next to me here and Listen. Hey, Moosey. That's right. All right. So, so Don, while I have you on the air, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. But while I have you on the air, um, I want to give you some some time here. Just, you know, uh, speak to the body. What what are you investigating, seeing, hearing? Where are you at right now? We're coming into January. Uh, what are you seeing? What are you thinking? Uh, what can you share with us? If you desire to do so, I was just thinking about uh, before we go there. I was speaking. I won't say one last thing, and I think about this all the time, uh, especially when I start feeling insignificant. Who was one of the most important men in the Bible that fulfilled a mission that he never knew he was going to fulfill? He went to a place, was given the mission, forced into the mission, and fulfilled the mission. And because he fulfilled a very arduous mission, probably took 30 minutes, I'm thinking. Because of that, today we are saved by the blood of Jesus. Who was that man? 
You know, he's never mentioned hardly in the Bible. And he's Tell a us. black man, too. He's a black man, by the way. I think I know. I know you know. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned him before. Simon of Caesarea, who went to um, a place where a rebel was being crucified, horribly beaten, whipped so bad by Roman soldiers with the fury of Satan taken out on his body that he couldn't carry a cross all the way up to the top of a cliff called the skull. And he, he, he was trying as much as he could but finally his physical body gave out and gave out and he collapsed. And a Roman soldier looked at this black man and he said, You doesn't matter why you're here, doesn't matter if you want to, you carry this cross and partake in what he's going through right now. Now that man could have turned around and ran into the crowd, but he didn't. He obeyed. Because whatever was within him dictated to him, he had to do that. A lot of men would run off. You know, I said, oh, no, I don't want to get beaten. I don't want no part of this because according to Josephus, which was a Jewish historian in Israel at the time, witnessed the crucifixion, he said that what they put on that cross didn't even look human anymore. He had that kind of rage taken out on his body. But Simon helped him carry his cross all the way to the top of the hill to Golgotha. And then Simon's mission was fulfilled. And he's one of the most important men. Some would argue perhaps the most important man in history because because of him, he helped Jesus be crucified and fulfill his mission. And I think about that all the time. Just one guy didn't even know he was going to be there. Didn't know why he was going to be there. Just part of a crowd. Who knows, you know. And he took that mission. And I think about that all the time. I just want to put that out there. Because when I start feeling feeling significant I think about that one guy. And then when you brought that up today, how the Lord told you, if there's just one guy listening or one woman or one teenager or one kid listening, your mission is being fulfilled. And and like you said, just praise him for that, man. (laughs) We're adding to the kingdom. And we never have any idea. Let's say one guy gets saved listening to you, one woman, truly born again, she goes on and she wins. How many others and how many others do they win? I mean, you could be talking to one person that's going to help win a million people to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, like I said, I think about that all the time. Okay, let's talk about the other thing now. You know. All you right. Talk about that's deep, by the way. <laughs> that's really deep stuff. So what you got? Well... People aren't going to like this. 
half the people in the United States have been murdered by the New World Order by taking, making them take a death clot shot. And uh, they're going to die here. They're going to die very soon. And uh, what's interesting is the people that, that took that, took an experimental gene therapy shot that they had to sign a waiver to take so that at the end of the day, they're going to be blamed. The people that they trusted and loved and followed are the ones who led them into the slaughterhouse and murdered them with that clot shot. That's hitting now, but they're hiding it. But they can't hide it much longer. And it's all been a plan, of course, devised by Satan, to eliminate the population of the United States or to destroy the United States. And the reason Satan hates the United States so much is one reason alone. And that's simply because the United States has done more to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world than any other nation. And Satan figures he's got a score to settle, and it's still going on. And naturally, we, we know what has happened to the United States. It's just been beaten down and beaten down and beaten down um, because of Satan's plan and because of, of what's being played out on on the Christians now. Uh, and because of that, uh, all hell currently breaking loose, but is really going to break loose in this country in the next few months when the truth is ready to be accepted by the people who did that to themselves, or by the people who were betrayed and led into doing that by believing in a system, a medical system, a God that told them that if they put a death shot in there, it would be in a vaccine, to be vaccinated. So they were slow frightened into this vaccination thing. I remember when I was a kid, you know how many vaccinations we had to get? One. And that was for polio. Of course, that was back in the 50s, you know. But uh, my mother would never let us take it. And uh, I met a school nurse with once in a while, so you, you, do you get your polio shot? No. Why? Oh, my mother says, we can't take it. Why? Because my mother doesn't want you to stick a disease in us. And she said, but that's not what it is. And I said, well, we have to listen to my mother. I remember when I went into the military, I was standing in the shot line with about eh, two, three hundred guys, and they hit you with those little guns in your shoulders that ee, ee, and they shoved all kind of stuff into us. And they look at my records and they go, you've never had a polio shot? And the whole line just stopped. They stopped all these guys. And I said, no. And they said, why? And I said, because my mother told, wouldn't let me get a polio shot. <laughs> so they turned around and they came back with a little blue cup, which I'm assuming was an oral vaccine. And they said, drink this. So I drank it. And they said, okay. And then the shock line continued. So... Now, I guess, I don't know how many shots you got to take as a, as a kid, what, 20, 30? I don't know. They, and they they were saying they're spacing them out now, but still, come on, man. You're sticking uh, diseases, telling, telling uh, babies' immune systems to, to fight a disease and build up a tolerance to it, and they don't even have an immune system. So what is, uh, what is the effect on these children? 
well, you know what it is. You got all these hyperactive kids and, you know, these, these kids that are messed up, they, uh, they can't function normally. So because of all this uh, brainwash, they actually led half the American people. Now, I want to believe it's half. I don't want to believe it's 60 or 70 percent because that's coming from the enemy. That's their statistics. Always remember, when you watch MSNBC or ABC or CNN, those are enemy transmissions. They are telling you what they're told to tell you. That's why, that's why everything keeps changing. That's why Fauci keeps changing. You know, he sits down there this day, and they say, okay, now today you're going to say this. And he's just a messenger boy. He's, he's not the author. He's probably benefiting. But always remember that don't believe the lies of the enemy. Believe what the Holy Spirit tells you. And as I see the body of Christ, and I, I see him all the time, uh, the Holy Spirit's telling them, don't do that. Don't do that. So they know not to do that. And once they get into the shock clinic and, you know, they throw that waiver in front of them saying, uh, we're not responsible for what this does to you, but you got to take this word. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, all this kind of stuff. But it's scaring people into doing what they want them to do. And it was working before, but it's not working so much now. Black people, they, they know what's up. I talk to black people all the time. They're going, I ain't doing that. Are you crazy? I'm not going to – see, they can't figure – they can figure that out. White people, I think they're just too conventional with the system. They're too locked in to where they're going to do it even though they know it's wrong. And I, I, I worked in a hospital as a security guard. I had all kind of people coming on tasks where a, clock, a shock clinic was at. And I would always tell them, are you sure you want to do that? And they would say – well, yeah, I'm supposed to. I said, but it's an experimental vaccine. It's an experimental shot. It's not even a vaccine. It's a gene therapy. It's new. You sure you want to do that? And they all knew it was wrong, but they go in there anyway. And I talked to like 10 guys my age, and I thought I could reason with these guys because they're older guys are supposed to be wise and all that, you know, and and they make a joke out of it. One guy says, well, you got to die from something. <laughs> he turned around and walked in there. I thought, really? You're coming here because you got to die. You're going to roll the dice with your life and your health for the rest of whatever life you got? Really? Is it just like that? And then I started, I just started realizing they're in some kind of trance. There's some kind of New World Order satanic trance because they're not making sense. They're not thinking. And I notice even people that take this shot, have you noticed how they, they look different? They act different after they got it? Uh, it there's like a darkness to them. Right. You know, I was at a hospital the other day, my wife, and there was a, a young black woman. She was uh, waiting to take her information. And I said, uh, and she's real effervescent and everything. And I said, what do you think about the shot? And she goes, well, do you want the truth? I said, yeah. She goes, I ain't taking that. I said, you know, I didn't think so because you're so full of life. I could just tell that you never took that shot. And uh, she was scared to talk to me a little bit, you know, because it was her job. But at the end of the day, she didn't care that much about her job where she would actually let them kill her so she could work there. Hmm. 
So the point of telling is all of this is coming to an inevitable conclusion. It will hit this winter. You're talking about till April. I think that's about right because these people are going to wake up. They're going mainline. It's going mainline. They're, they're mainline for whatever reason. I think that what they're going to say is, well, it was experimental, you know, and we found out that the spike protein is really a toxin. We made a mistake, but it's your mistake because you signed that waiver, right? You knew it was experimental? No, yeah, but I thought it was the right thing to do. Okay, sorry. <laughs> what can we say? In the meantime, uh, you're dead. So we're going to have to witness that, and that's going to change the whole landscape, the whole landscape. Now, even Biden, uh, the other day, he had a press conference, and he said, uh, there's no solution that the federal government's going to provide for the, I call it the clutch, I refuse to call it a vaccine. So uh, it's up to the states what they want to do. Oh, really? Really? And then he turns around and he walks away. So he's already washing his hands of it. So to me, that was the indicator that they're getting ready to stop this whole thing. So they got to come up with something new. And what would that be? World War III, uh, uh, small unit attacks on the United States, nuclear weapons, nuclear weapons going off in six or seven cities, which are already here. There are small nuclear devices smuggled in years ago. <clears throat> and probably some of them even from our own stockpiles. We have a nuclear bomb in our own stockpiles, which two men can assemble and carry. It weighs about 120 pounds. It's called a Davy Crockett. We'll take out the entire heart of a city for 2,000 feet. And because it's dirty, it's going to throw a radioactive fallout. Uh, 35,000 feet in the air is going to drift for 250 miles. Anybody under that for three days, under that gamma radiation, it's going to be poisoned by the radiation. They're going to have to go underground for three days. So you got that. Then are they getting ready to release another type of uh, disease? Or is it going to be a financial collapse? Or is it going to be all of this bam, 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 bam together uh, going on down the road until we see, there's so much chaos here. UN peacekeeping peacing troops which is a cover name for a invading foreign army, are going to come here in the form of Chinese, which are already poised to do it, and invade the heartland and, and the key points of the United States and take them for communist red China. That is their plan. Russia is, going to, is in on it too. Russia, Putin to me, is an enigma. Uh, I keep hearing he's a Christian. I look at him and I think, this guy talks and acts like a decent man. But then again, he's ex-KGB, you know. Uh, but uh, we, keep, we keep poking him, you know. We keep messing with him, you know. The only thing he wants in Ukraine, the only thing that he wants, and the only reason he's staying off these people or the only reason he's contending with us is we want to put missiles in Ukraine that can strike 
uh, Russia, Moscow, within 10, 15 minutes, which is the same reason we stopped them putting, the communists from putting missiles in Cuba. We wanted a 10-minute uh, lag time for missiles to hit us. That was called the Cuban Missile Crisis. And at the end of the day, they backed down. But we, I remember that very well. I remember they were teaching us to hide underneath chairs in school and all that. And the Cuban Missile Crisis was real close to nuclear war because if Russia wanted to back down, Kennedy was going to invade Cuba and just take those missiles. He even told Russia, he said, we're coming. And I believe, I believe that that's the only reason that Russia took those missiles out of there. Now we're doing the same thing to them over there. And Putin keeps saying, hey, you did the same thing. We did the same thing to you back in the 60s, and now you're doing this to us. We can't back down. We can't let you put those missiles in close proximity to us. And NATO is going, man, we're going to do it until we so what? And uh, we're also going to uh, take Ukraine into NATO, which was another red line that uh, Putin didn't want crossed. So I don't know what these guys are getting ready to do here, but it looks to me like the same thing that was going on in the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I think, I keep hearing that the Pentagon wants nuclear war. They think. The Pentagon has put this into a machine, and they say that we can win a nuclear war. Oh, what does that mean? We lose half our population and we won? <laughs> really? <laughs> so this is the kind of insanity that's going on, and I think it's all about the soon return of Jesus, and Satan is trying to create as much havoc and as much pain and as much trauma and make man so evil that they're putting this thing in him that God looks at man and turns up his nose and says, no, I'm not, I'm just going to destroy mankind. And see, that will change the world. And if Satan can get God to change his, his, his word, then Satan can negotiate his own fate because God changed his word. Then they, okay. You see, I think that's what's going on here. Good point. Uh, one other time, God got so angry with man because they stunk so bad to him, he destroyed man with the gigantic flood. And I think that's the card that Satan is playing. Well, I just get, you know, God can get so angry with man and so detected because God's holy and they become so unholy that just, he'll just destroy them. I think that's the card Satan is playing because he's going, well, I'll get God to destroy man. That's against what he said he was going to do at the end. And then I can negotiate in my own fate. I could put off this lake of fire thing. I can get into the courts of heaven and argue with God, and it's the only card he's got to play. Otherwise, he's doomed. He's doomed from the very beginning. So it's like a rampaging bull. That's what Satan is, right? It's a rampaging bull running around the arena, seeing who can attack, because he knows pretty soon he's going to get a bunch of swords stuck into him. <laughs> so anyway, I probably talked a little bit too much, but that's those are my thoughts on this. 
It's incredible thoughts. Yeah, that's that's incredible sharing and uh, deeply appreciated. There's a couple of comments on the chat room. Uh, Jody Keene from Florida saying, people I know who said they would not take the shot are thinking about taking it because of social pressure. Uh, there's a lot of pressure, and that's what philipsis is, is the, the word we get for tribulation is philipsis, and it means pressure, anguish, and all of these things. So it is a pressure that is coming, and uh, people need to stand their ground, do what God tells us to do. I do have another call coming in real quick. Stay on the line with me, Don. Let me just uh, take this call, 479-426. You're on the air. Do you have a question or comment? Question or comment? 479-426. Are you there? All right. Okay, so let me grab this call coming. 479-795. Good morning. You're on the air. 479-795. Do you have a question or comment? Hello? I want 8601. You are 8601. You're on the air. Do you have a question okay. or Okay. Well, this is Dixie. Hello, yeah. Dixie. And I listened to uh, Pastor, I mean, to uh, Sid Ross all day yesterday. Got so filled and excited of what power and authority that God has given us. There's no reason for us to ever back down. Amen. And what you said a while ago, let it boomerang back on them. Whatever yeah. evil comes our direction with with a purpose of destroying, let that boomerang back on them. I was saying that a while ago when you said, repeated it when you first started. Amen. And I'm so blessed to be in northwest Arkansas and be in the new wine ministry with Pastor Vince and Pastor Patricia and the other pastors and and soldiers of the Lord right there with the power and the authority that we have and the joy of God that just moves down upon us and overcomes all fear, all anxiety, and I just rejoice in the fact that Jesus surrendered himself to give me the authority that Satan has no rights whatsoever but what we give him. Well, this is Dixie. She's 90 years young. She's as on fire as any youth. And, uh, Don, you got to love it when you're surrounded by people that this have, have this kind of faith, and uh, they hear these things, they're aware of these things, they know these things are coming, but there is that supernatural protection of God that is available to all who believe. And like the, the three young Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, whether we live or whether we die, we're not bowing down. And that's the season Amen. that we're really in right now. Isn't that the truth? Amen. Praise the Lord. Dixie, thank and you for the, your encouragement. Uh, yeah. The angels of heaven are waiting to be sent. They want to protect us. They want to heal our bodies. So we call forth the spirits from heaven to surround about us in America. And we 
call forth the angels. We don't mm-hmm. wait for God to do it because yeah, he's given us charge. And I've never seen an angel. Some people on Sid Ross yesterday had seen them. And they were always going before them. They were 10 foot tall. Now, well, I've never seen something. one, but I've experienced the presence. Yeah. Let me just say something, Dixie. Uh, you were not at our Bible study last night. I did not watch Sid Roth's It's Supernatural. But at the end of our Bible study, we pressed in and kind of leaned in like in a huddle and shared a mystery that the, t- the time is now that people are going to begin to see the angels and God is going to begin to release angels. We had that discussion last night. And anybody that's listening right now that was there last night knows what I'm saying is true. But that was just by the spirit. That's something God's been unveiling. And here you are confirming that word with angels. And yes, the angels of God are sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. Um, and so there is a supernatural protection. Don, you got to love that too, right? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm glad for that word too, you know, because right now I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I could use an angel or two, you know, <laughs> uh, which, I, yeah. which, I, which I have. You know, I always feel, you know, I got to tell you, whenever I'm in a room where Dix, where Dix is at, I always feel a lot better just knowing she's there. Amen. <laughs> is it? Yeah. yeah, they are some strong folks. So uh, just because we're out of time, I, I've exhausted this to the, uh, uh, the two-hour mark. Uh, Dixie, I want to say thank you so much for calling in and sharing your thoughts. We appreciate it, and obviously they are valued. God bless you. And uh, to everybody else that's joined us, Don, thanks again for calling in today, man. I miss you. I'm going to figure out what that dream about Moose was all about. Praise the Lord. And um, thank you. Thank you for helping us today and moving forward in our conversation. Yes, sir. All right. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Well, that's it. We're going to say goodbye. That was so rich. I'm so glad that we stayed the course here and uh, allow for people to call into the broadcast. We love that. What confirmations, what confirmations have we heard here today? It really is supernatural. That Dixie would say that the exact same thing we left off a Bible study with last night about angels. Become sensitive. Become aware. Watch. And don't forget to treat Strangers, well, because many have entertained angels unaware. They're here, and they're on assignment for the years of salvation. And they will make sure that you are in the right place. They will guide you, direct you, supernatural intervention. I believe it with 10 billion percent of my being. The season has arrived. The angels of God, the tender mercies of the Lord. Judgment hitting the nations. Oh, the judgment is not stayed, accelerating. Stay the course. We'll see you tomorrow with bells on. This is Pastor Vinci. Been listening to the Watchman. Thank you for your love and support of this ministry. God bless. <laughs>